Thank you for joining us at Conversations to Inspire. I am your host, Teresa Moore. Our guest on this episode is Dave Miner. Dave is an entrepreneur and owner of Gold Medal Brands in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. Dave teaches us how Gold Medal Brands helps entrepreneurs build and flourish their businesses. Dave discusses how Gold Medal Brands helps to ensure that entrepreneurs have the right foundations, emotionally, spiritually, and psychologically, to grow and build strong businesses and personal lives. Dave teaches us how he helps others through his self-development courses, helping them to achieve lifestyle fulfillment. Dave offers four courses to help people out of their trauma. Dave teaches us in this episode about the personal development and life coaching aspects of Gold Medal Brands and his courses that teach inspiration and dedication. These four courses are the seven daily builds, a bucket of nose, team, and five letters. The seven daily builds is about taking actions towards your goals daily. A bucket of nose is about dealing with negativity. Your team is about surrounding yourself with a team consisting of a mentor, a cheerleader, a coach, and a mirror. And the five letters course consists of writing letters of gratitude, forgiveness, confession, self-determination, and faith and values. Lastly, Dave and I discuss addiction as a response to emotional trauma. In this episode, part two, Dave and I also discuss a little about Dave's family background, living with intention, some of Dave's success stories, and his involvement with the Demolay International Organization. This episode is part two in a two-part series with Dave Miner and Gold Medal Brands. And it can even come out in completely unrelated mm-hmm. type of outcomes. Why do you drink? You know, why do you gamble online? Why do you watch porn? You know, what, what are you using as escapes and why do you need the escape? What is it that you're running away from? Are you running away from, I haven't grown enough from somebody causing me pain? Or am I running away from this history that I have of causing others pain? And I seriously don't And there's your dichotomy. Yes. You know, and so it's a, it's a difficult thing because I personally think that probably 90% or maybe more of addictions, whether it's to sex, to drugs, to alcohol, gambling, any of those kinds of things, probably is a negative auto response to a trauma as opposed to being some kind of physical desire. Now, that doesn't mean that genetically you didn't have a predisposition towards it, but why'd you start? Mm-hmm. You know, what was it? And that, why did you do it the second time? Yeah. You know, that's a, and that's a big thing. Like, you know, my dad, my dad is an alcoholic, absolutely 100%. Um, and he was a mean, violent drunk. Uh, he ruined the relationship with his, uh, with my sister and my brother. And after the divorce, which happened when I was in the seventh grade, they didn't really ever see him. They were both pretty much raised at that point by my stepdad. Um, I, kind of saw what little good there was in him, but I was also an oldest. So it was also easy for me to say, okay, I can stay away from you now because the last time you were being a jerk, I'll try it again. All these other kinds of things. Well, he kept drinking, kept drinking, kept drinking. My oldest daughter, Marina was born and I told him, you're never going to see Marina if you don't stop. He stopped in a week. It was all history for him. And it was everything that he had seen. Right. So I look at that. Well, I, when I find, when he's finally able to talk about it, I find out that 
Both of his parents died early from liver disease, heavy alcoholics. Out of his seven, six siblings, himself and, and six others, he, five of them, had major drinking problems. The two that didn't, one of them couldn't because they were told they had to stop by a doctor and the other one saw everything that was going on and said, I'm never going to do that, right? So I can see that. And so I know that I have a genetic predisposition uh, for it. And absolutely, I mean, I can see it in myself, that sort of desire, right? To, I don't want to deal with this right now. Well, I know what my dad was dealing with now. I, I didn't know then, you know, I know now. And so I can see, I can look back and say, oh, it makes perfect sense why it is that he spent so much time drinking. And it took for him to stop by having something more important than all of those things that he was trying to run away from and that had become a habit. And even to have the wherewithal to actually follow through with yeah. it. Because so many times people would say, yes, I'm going to change. And then they slip yep. back into old habits. That is a powerful story. He quit, he quit smoking the same exact way. He, one day he, uh, I went over to, I went over to his house, his and my stepmom's house. And I said, you're not smoking. And they all, they smoked in the house. And he said, I quit. I said, why? That's weird. Said you never quit before. And his wife had quit and then started again and then wanted to quit. And he said, you really want to know? And I said, yeah, tell me. He said, because the other morning I woke up and before I even could get my eyes open, I knocked the clock off of my bedstand, reaching for my cigarettes. And it pissed me off so bad, I couldn't stand it. I threw them away. Because he had become such a creature of habit that it took, it took something so literally eye-opening, something so dramatic as I'm reaching for a drug before I open my eyes. But it wasn't Before even a huge negative. It wasn't nope. hugely impactful. It was nope. an alarm clock. It wasn't dramatic. It wasn't some huge but, c- conflict. It was just for him. Mm-hmm. It was, this is dumb. And he's incredibly smart, which is, I think, one of the things that he was running away from that, that inability to sort of uh, live up to his and other people's expectations. expectations. Yes. And it just made him mad. So he quit. I threw love him, that. That's so away. funny. Yep. It's great, but it's. Really yeah, but and, 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 and that's just, and that's, you know, going back to the ripple effect. That's mm-hmm. why I think, you know, one of the, when we're done with the, the faith and values letter, one of the things that I hope comes out of that is what's your purpose with regards to other people? Because I think for most people, faith and values implies some kind of interaction with other people. What is that? interaction. So my hope is, is that by the time you're done with that letter, not only does it have a definite purpose for your own life in terms of accomplishment, in terms of fulfillment, uh, in terms of your own uh, sort of progeny, but what is your legacy going to be? And is your legacy going to be an actively building legacy over the course of the rest of your life? Or is your legacy going to be something that people remember when you're gone? That definition in the, in your faith and values letter, what you write out as being your major purpose in life goes a long way towards whether or not you actively want to participate in other people being better versions of themselves, or if you just are going to be concentrating on you and your family, which is perfectly fine. You know, if that's, if that's what you do, you know, if that's what your values say, then I I get that. And there's a lot of people that they just simply there's enough going on in their own life that other than 
being an example for the people that see them, mm-hmm. they don't have a driving force to interact purposefully with other people. In your faith and values development, you're going to find out, I think, at least if you do it correctly, you're going to find out whether or not are you going to cause ripples by your actions that other people see, mm-hmm. or are you going to get the rocks? <laughs> and start them and yourself. Start yes. Yeah. And hopefully positive. Right. But that's interesting what you said about even within when you are gone, are you, you going to be remembered for something that you very consciously chose to create or just that was a happenstance of uh, events that happened in your life and you didn't choose or, or directly, deliberately choose your life and your goal path, but just kind of let it happen to you? Right. Or were you so involved in the planning that your life and your legacy and your your how you are remembered was very intentional? Right. That is very interesting. It's, it's, it's interesting because one of the things that I've found is that people don't have to be negative and depressed in order to have a victim mentality. Correct. And it's uh, it's interesting because there are some people that just, you know, they hope that there's going to be a legacy uh, that they have that they think that just, but mm-hmm. they don't really have any control mm-hmm. over whether anybody else, you know, looks up to them mm-hmm. or wants to be a mentor or any of those kinds of things. So my mom was very definitely on the negative side of that. You know, her entire life was, a victim mentality. All of it was. She felt um, like she literally had no control over anything that was going on in her life. And it, I mean, it caused depression and it caused hopelessness and it caused all kinds of really bad stuff. I mean, like to the point where she had convinced herself that she needed to continue smoking in her life because the smoking helped compensate for the really bad nerves and anxiety that she was going to have anytime she wasn't smoking. And it took lung cancer, you know, a softball sized tumor before she recognized this is going to kill me. And I have some grandkids that I would like to make sure that I continue to live for. My grandma, on the other hand, her mom is very stoic. I'm, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And she lived to be three weeks shy of 109. And she, she said, I'm going to live the way I want to live. I am who I am. And I'm going to trust that if the people around me want to live similarly, then they will. It's that she literally lived her life giving to other people. And so she judged harshly those people that didn't have similar values, even though she didn't think it was her place to tell them. So it wasn't her place to cast the ripples. It was more like, it was just her place to be an image. And if folks wanted to follow along, right. then great. In the library, she started the, the children's program at the Boise Public Library, the largest uh, library in the state of Idaho. Oh, that's fantastic. Back a long time ago. Now that is and a yeah, legacy to have left. Right. And so, and that's amazing, right? Yes. And then she, so she basically had two careers. She was a teacher starting way back with the one room. Oh, first one through room 12th grade, right? Yes. In Notice, Idaho. Uh, and then she stopped teaching. And, the, and then when she stopped teaching, she started the children's program, you know, headed, headed up the fundraising for all of the little kids. She started all of the weekend reading programs. That's what that picture is from. It's from the, the Idaho Statesman where they came one of the weekends and, and took those pictures. She, she's a conservationist. You know, absolutely. Um, she was a woman way ahead of her time. Oh, yeah. she. I mean, she She was a staunch defender of the life that she fully believed. 
There are people that are like that out there. They just want to live the life that they want to live. And if other people want to watch them and that's the influence that they have. So be it. Then great. But yep. Yeah, but that's not they're they're not gonna push. But they're not driven for it. And then right. there's other people that, you know, you talk to them and they say, Yeah, you know, it would be nice if there was some way I could keep score and by the time I die, I want to have changed the lives of a hundred people, ten thousand people. Right. And great if that's what they are. You know, that's very cool. As long mm-hmm. as long as both of those types of people are right. living aligned with their values. Their own value system. Then mm-hmm. they're good. Mm-hmm. And then they're good. Absolutely. So these courses that you're offering, mm-hmm. are they all part of your 100 Days to Gold? Or how does that no. all tie yeah, in? Yeah, so they're separate. So 100 Days to Gold is uh, is basically, there's two versions of it, one for life and one for business. Okay. And so all is it does that apply to everything that we just discussed? Do you have almost like two tracks for it, one for business and one for personal? Uh, no, because the five letters and the bucket of no's, those are really personal development okay. type of things. Can you tell me a little bit more about the bucket of no's? The one of the reasons why I love the bucket of nose is because it really concentrates on helping people realize how stress causes them to affect other people and recognize that, you know what, sometimes you are the wet blanket. You know, are you the person that improves the mood of a room by leaving it? Think about that. And if that's the case, let's do something about it. Let's recognize what you're doing with your bucket that's causing that, you know, and if that's what it is, then we can work on it. Mm-hmm. Let's let's figure that out. Mm-hmm. So let's start with some recognition of our own life and right. what we're doing and go from there. Absolutely. And there are so many different things that you can, once you start understanding yourself, what motivates you yep. and then transfer that into others and see what motivates others and start working with other people, you can just make such a huge impact. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And, and it, it does all truly start with us. Mm-hmm. I, know, I know I, for my own life, was much happier when I started recognizing not those things that other people told me was going to make me feel fulfilled or accomplished, but literally stopped caring and just started saying, you know what? I know now what I feel better at, you know, and then, and live that. Yes. And if I get some acknowledgement from it, great. If not, then that's fine too. You know, the thing to not get wrapped up in is, well, if I can't figure out how to fix it now, then that means I shouldn't even start the journey because it's going to be too hard. No, we need to start the journey. We need to move on. Start. As we go. Mm-hmm. Tweak along the way. Do yep. little pivots. And then we can just adjust, Absolutely. which is why you need a team. Mm-hmm. See, there you go. Because you can't do it all on your own because mm-hmm. you're, you're going to be in the middle and you have to be able to get outside of it. And see it from a different perspective. Exactly. Rather than being down in it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, and, and that shifts, right? That shifts a little bit. Always. You, you have people that are going to be listening to you that aren't going to be individuals. Mm-hmm. They're going to be business owners and they're going to already have 12 or 15 employees and they're going to listen to you and they're going to be thinking, oh man, I know something's wrong, but I don't quite know what it is. Well, somebody with 12 or 15 employees, they can step aside a little bit. They may not be willing to because they might be, you know, they might think they need to be involved in the day to day and maybe that's what's causing them to not be able to grow. So those kinds of people, you need to be able to look at them and say, okay, you are, you're limiting your own growth because of the uniform that you're wearing daily. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to stop owning a business and be an entrepreneur. And that's a mindset change. So what can we do to shift you on your mindset? So sometimes, you know, they're already headed down the right path, but they're not, maybe they're on the shoulder, you know, or they're driving on a dirt road and they 
on the frontage road and they could be on the freeway. Let's right. figure out right, how, right. let's figure out how to get yeah, them how to the get there. And that's yes, why messaging fast. like what you're doing is so vital. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs to be doing something every day to get smarter, mm-hmm. whether it's in a business or personally. So if if the information that you're delivering can get them to be even slightly open to a, a new mindset or to opportunities and options that will make them have a conversation with somebody, then that's all. And you may never find out about it because they may, may never call into your show. They may never buy. They may never become a subscriber or anything. But that one idea gave them the opportunity to be open to a conversation three days, three weeks, three months later. Absolutely, right. And then three years after right. that, their kids are happier. Their spouse is happier. Mm-hmm. They're more fulfilled all because you were willing to drive an hour and a half to have <laughs> a conversation with conversation. a total stranger. Yeah. <laughs> but that's so huge. It's so much a big part of, I think, life and our mission and our passion is just mm-hmm. to find ways to help people, to inspire people, to encourage people to work on themselves, to to be better, to become better, to try something that you wouldn't have you would have been too scared to try. Yeah, absolutely. Just grow a little bit. Just be even open to the idea that it's plausible. Yeah. 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 But you're right, though, with the whole mind-body-spirit thing, mind-body-soul, you have to have the healthy mental, emotional, yep. then the spiritual, the, you know, the physical body, and everything else that it all ties into absolutely. being and able to if one to of them's not working, it's not going to work, period. You're going to have a struggle because mm-hmm. invariably, right, life is kind of devious. Invariably, whatever your weak spot is, is where your struggle is going to come. Right. Absolutely. You know, it's like you said, that is life. Yeah, yeah. It just happens that way. Yeah. And back to your courses. Can you tell us a little bit more about the seven daily builds? Uh, the seven daily builds. There's one. Uh, it's the it's the same seven categories. Absolutely. But the way that I talk about it is different, but it's still the same seven things that we need to work on every single day. The 100 days to gold program. It starts literally at the beginning of I want to make a major change in life and then it walks through all of the steps that it takes to be able to get there. So it starts with the recognition of what's your dream? What's that fixed environment that you want in the end? And what's the reason for it? What's your motivation for it? And then from there, then uh, it goes through basically all of the steps. How do you create goals? Um, You know, how do you define what your values are. Actually, the values piece is first. Okay. Well, it's actually second. Uh, So uh, you got to know what that environment is. Then you have to know what's the reason for that environment. Are there certain values that will help you be fully aligned with that? Then, you know, how do you set goals? Um, Once you think you have these goals in mind, how do you create an action plan? And so three of the weeks are dedicated to uh, figuring out how to create an action plan for making these major changes. And that includes let's inventory your life. You know, because now we know where you want to go and we know why you want to get there because we're going to only act in alignment with our values from this point forward. So now it's how, what are the steps needed? And then it's a bunch of practicality. So the beginning is sort of envisioning what we want. The middle weeks uh, are all, what's the practical nature? You know, let's take an inventory of ourselves. Let's figure out what's the time frame. Um, Let's figure out what kind of uh, stepping stones and building blocks that we need and then tear down each one of those building blocks into daily steps. Because the way that I like to say it is this, you could be as enthusiastic as you want to be about what your end goal is. But if you don't have an action plan that's broken down into steps that are so small that there's no emotion involved, I guarantee there's going to be a morning where you wake up and you won't want to get out of bed. 
And you should never have to decide each day about whether or not what you're going to do is worth it. How do you do that? Well, you take those steps and you make them so small that there's no emotion involved. You just get up and you do it. You don't have to think about why you're doing it. You don't have to think about how you're going to do it. You don't have to think about whether or not it's worth doing it because you're not All of that foundation was pre-laid, correct? Yes, Yes. because you're not having any of those big thoughts that day. Mm -hmm. So you're laying there in the morning and you think, I'm really tired. Okay, great. You're tired. Why are you tired? Because you were out late last night, because you stayed up watching a show, because you needed to disengage for a minute. You know, moving forward doesn't mean doing something. Sometimes the best thing to do is to rest. Is that okay? Absolutely, that's okay. Right. And so if we've built into our plan that I know for a fact there's going to be some days when I'm worn out. So I'm going to have days I can take off. A lot of people would think, well, I'm going to fail. Uh I failed because I didn't hit. Well, let's build a better plan. So we spend a lot of time talking about the practicality of building those plans. And your daily, daily, daily steps, daily, weekly, monthly increments. And then and then we also talk about team uh, in there as well. Okay. Obviously, because we need to make sure that you've got the right people that are around uh, in order to do that. Then we talk a lot about measuring how it is that you measure moving forward. And then Mm -hmm. we talk an awful lot about celebrating uh, as well, making sure that you are having the correct uh, the correct measuring points and the right endpoints, milestones, and then that you celebrate um, each of those milestones and then. We wrap it all up at the end of, hey, great, you did it. That will be the hardest one that you will ever do. Because not only were you trying to accomplish something, but you were learning the process. And now you know the process. And since you know the process, it's easy because every single one of your goals from now on, all you do is you figure out what you want to do. You plug it into the seven daily builds. You figure out what those actions are and you go through it. And now you've learned a life lesson on success Mm -hmm. And you don't have to constantly reset yourself. Right. Because now you can take any other goal that you want to accomplish and then just almost like plug it into the formula. Yes. And literally to this point, I've, uh, I've, I've helped people and I've walked through this with people in literally all walks of life and with everything. Um, I've walked through this with a family that wanted to get their son back, uh, a teenage son who was gone. Uh, I've used it with uh, couples that wanted to fix their marriage, uh, redone many, many, many businesses, uh, people that wanted to basically end up being executives for their companies and, and even people that wanted to basically just start from scratch and end up getting themselves better. And so, you know, the, the whole, the idea of the five letters, for instance, was too complex for them because it delved too deeply, too quickly. Mm -hmm. And so for those, for those people, we sort of used the five letters as a framework and then we built the hundred days to gold detail inside of each of the letters where we looked at each of the letters for them as a major goal that needed to be aligned with what their, what they wanted their values to be, but they just couldn't do it. And they literally weren't at a point where they could fully commit to their values because they'd been so beaten down and they had been so hurt. They couldn't function. They couldn't see it. But because we work a lot on the practicality side, we have a pretty tried and true you know, things. Some of these things I've been doing, like I said, since I was 17 years old. 
you know, I started out on the small business side, just speaking. And then I went into athletic administration. And then eventually I was in the corporate world. And then eventually I was in the bigger corporate world. And then eventually I was out of the technology side and only into organizational development and, and, and then started working on small businesses and helping other people. So I've kind of come full circle, but along that way, I've been able to adjust and take what I'm, what I thought to be correct and then go. And I, I just, I have to laugh at myself because I was just a, I was a dumbass when I was a kid. <laughs> I think know? we all were. You know, so, now that we're old and wise, yeah, we can exactly. look back and you know, some, of that, that. some of that stuff was, was pretty good in theory, but I could have never walked somebody through it because I just didn't have enough experience and I would have been way too impatient. You know, like I said before, the, the thing that I've learned the most over life is to give myself and other people grace to recognize that, you know, it's great to have standards, but <laughs> life is, life can be abusive. For me, that's the most enjoyable thing to watch my own growth over the years, because there are things that conversations that I can be in now that I can fully participate in that even 15 years ago, I just wouldn't have had the knowledge or the patience or the grace to be able to talk mm-hmm. to somebody in that way and, and, and be able to be open enough to allow them to let go of whatever it is that they have going on that's stopping them from being able to to move forward. Uh, there's lots of goal setting and there's lots of mindset changes and there's lots of courses and lots and and there's good stuff about each of them. Like I tell my folks, hey, you know, you get three weeks in to one of my courses and you don't like me, then you need to go somewhere else. Just ask me for a refund, take that money and invest it somewhere else. There's a lot of really awesome coaches a lot of really awesome sort of foundational type of work uh, and methodologies that you can go through. Find the one that works for you. You don't have to believe everything that someone says in order to find value in what they do. And you don't have to get along with everybody out there. You're just going to eventually, if you try to soak in what everyone has to say, you're going to get information overload and you're going to probably end up being constipated. That <laughs> Informationally. Yeah, that you can't move. <laughs> forward because you're going to be trapped. You're going to be, oh, what, what am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm going to be paralyzed by the, by all of the inundation that I have with all the knowledge. So, you know, you find, you find what you have. You wouldn't, you wouldn't continue to go to a doctor that you couldn't stand. You, Correct. You, if you had somebody that mm-hmm. you didn't feel like you could open up to. If it was you didn't resonate with them. You weren't yeah. on the same level. Correct. Great. Mm-hmm. got to find somebody that does it. And, and my stuff works for some people. I've had other people tell me that's the kookiest stuff I've ever heard. That's fine. I, everybody's different. Everybody's I, at I a different place. I completely understand. Right. If and you and respect that, that. If you think yeah. it doesn't work for you, great. Don't stop your growth journey Correct. because of me. I am absolutely not the end. So just find your values, work towards your values. That's, that's all we can do. So when you were mentioning <laughs> some of the people before, you know, in different little stories, is there a story or two that you, but they are your pivot points where you're like, oh my gosh, yes, I'm on the right track or... Maybe I need to tweak this. Are there any stories that you have of yeah. working with this that you that were impactful in your journey? Yeah, absolutely. My first successes as a coach was literally as a coach. Mm-hmm. So I had a kid who in the ninth grade decided to come out for wrestling. Both of his older brothers wrestled. And uh, he started wrestling. His name was Garrett. He came to me and he said, I don't want to just place in state. I said, what do you want to do? He said, I want to win state. I said, okay, what are you willing to do? He said, I'll do anything you tell me to do and uh, implicit trust. Yep. <laughs> and so two years later, when he was a senior, he won state and was named most outstanding wrestler there. Oh my God. And a uh, huge accomplishment, gigantic accomplishment for somebody who never stepped on a mat until halfway through his ninth grade year. 
to do that. And that's all he wanted. He didn't wrestle in college, didn't have any interest in wrestling in college. That was his goal. And he wanted to accomplish that. Then he wanted to go to school and become a doctor, which is what he did. That was my first real success in terms of taking somebody who was starting with nothing and then working them all the way through. And developing the program for their success. Yes, exactly. That was pretty great. I've also had two CEOs get back in touch with me the last couple of years who they said the best conversation that they ever had with me was the realization in their careers was the realization that they were going to go no further because the companies that they were previously with were not, their actions were never aligned with their, with the corporate values. Oh, okay. Okay. So the corporate values said this, Mm -hmm. but they didn't act on true North. And so the best things that they did was leave. And then as they had the opportunity then to imprint actions in alignment with values they did corporate and, and personal yeah, probably and aligned. So then, and mm-hmm. so then for them, it was great because they said, yeah, I, I was able to look really, really good because I could see quickly at my new company. Mm-hmm. I could see quickly that the reason why they were failing was because their actions were not aligned with the corporate values. So we essentially went through the same exercise that you went through with us. What are the values? Step one. And then everything that wasn't aligned with that got eliminated or changed. And then everything that was in alignment got promoted and we've completely been able to revamp the that's incredible the culture so it's a, you're almost like the catalyst for a yeah. lot of these people even almost to realize their own yeah. self-worth and, and i i get way, way bigger kick out of that mm-hmm. you know hearing the stories watching the successes whether it's a small business that is finally getting profitability or whether it's a family that recovers or an individual that does all of the work and comes out the other side and finally can be healthy and mm-hmm. making good positive decisions or uh, every once in a while, I'll get an email or something back from somebody that said, hey, I got triggered and I did nothing. It That's was, fantastic. Was, Going back to your like, courses. Yep. Yes. And it was perfect. Great. Yes. That's awesome. Thank you. That, that means a lot to me that you were able to, you know, to to put that lesson into practical use. And I like it that they reached back out to you to let you know how yeah. impactful that and, was. And I'm lucky because I have the same phone number for 18 years. So, <laughs> that also helps. <laughs> you know, they know how that, to reach you. That helps because no matter which of the companies that I've been at, whether I was there as a consultant or whether I was in doing some training, if I ever worked with them individually, chances are really good they had um, same Skype, same phone, so mm-hmm. they can reach out. And I'm, and I'm thankful for that because some, admittedly, some days that is all that keeps me going. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm curious, can you tell us a little bit more about Gold Medal Brand's mission? The Gold Medal Brand messaging, which is, hey, no matter where you are in your life, we can help you live a more fulfilled lifestyle by making sure that you're the healthiest that you can be. Physically, weight loss, whatever it is. Why are you in the position where you were? Why were you 50 pounds overweight? You know, Was it because you weren't healthy to begin with? Was it because you were stress eating? Was it what else in your life might be a little bit out of kilter? Have you ever considered that maybe you have some other things to learn as well? And they may ignore 90% of what we send out in a newsletter, but just like your podcast, we need to make sure they have as much information as possible in order to make the healthiest choices that they can financially, spiritually, physically, emotionally, absolutely for their families. Then that's what we do. But as long as it, as long as you are speaking your own true north. Yep. Then we're going to be okay with it. We're going to help you because that's all we care about is being aligned. The vast majority of my personal clients I met because they watched me speak at a company or at an event. Okay. And they liked what I said and they 
started out by wanting to figure out how to get professionally promoted. And then somewhere along the way said, you know what? The corporate world's just not for me. They turned into entrepreneurs and since, themselves. Yeah. And then okay. they said, I'm going to start, build a home-based business and I'm going to grow it. Along the way, when I'm successful, maybe I want to do this. Or once they opened up their mind, they wanted to do something different. They had a passion for dog food or they had a passion for arts and crafts and they wanted to open up Etsy or they had a passion for turning something that they thought was a hobby, but they knew it really well and they could turn it into a business teaching other people how to enjoy it as a hobby. Great. If you have that, let's let's figure it out. But they never even considered it. Prior to listening to one of your talks. Yeah. But then they listened and then they had a few conversations. And I like to tell people, look, just spend an hour talking to me and I will convince you you're capable of anything. <laughs> I, I, For some reason, I don't doubt that. <laughs> I will. I, uh, we can talk about everything that you want to talk about. That's perfectly fine. I'll let you complain to me about something the first time. The second time you complain about it, you better bring solutions. You are not saying it to me a third time because you're just taking my time. You're not using my knowledge and investing it back. and uh, Well, it's kind of a good life lesson all the way around anyway. Yeah. Oh, uh, absolutely. 100%. Because I used to do it. You know, I had people that literally every single time uh, I was just using them for my sounding board. Yeah. A little venting here and there. Yeah. And what good does that do? You know, I, I started realizing that, you know, my best sounding board is going for a walk, fully ready to run. So that by the time I got a half a mile away, I was done with the complaining and I was just ready to work it out of me. <laughs> And it's by far my best therapy, <laughs> by far, you know? And, and even now I'll tell Marina, I need to go for a walk. And she'll look down and I'm wearing flip-flops and she'll know, yeah, you really should change. Because <laughs> you're going to yeah, end up going for a anyway. I'm going to be just done with <laughs> the complaining. Now it's time to go work it out of myself. And I've just learned that my subconscious works that way. Work on the problem to get it into your head. And then you go and do something that requires you to think about something else entirely. Mm -hmm. Nine and lo and behold, of, nine times out of 10, the answer, the answer is pops out. Yeah. 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 And I, I love working like that and, and doing something physical is definitely helpful as well. Yeah. And it, whether it's running or mowing lawn or chopping a bunch of wood or although got to be safe about it. Cause if I'm really irritated, then chopping, <laughs> probably not a good you know, idea. Yeah. Got to be coordinated <laughs> and that kind of thing. But. Well, this is intriguing. How did you come up with gold medal brands as a name? <laughs> so the talk when I was 17, mm -hmm. uh, the talk that I gave at the time was teaching people how to win. A gold medal is the symbol of winning. So the very first series of speeches that I gave uh, when I was part of the organization for DMLA, the that series of speeches was about being a gold medal winner. How you take the organization, which was, they were called chapters is what they're called, the local organization and turning them into a winner that could then influence on the regional and state level and then eventually nationally. Uh, DMLA is a really cool organization. I can don't I, can know I if I've ever heard quick? of it. Yeah. Can you please spell that for us? And is that an organization for young men only? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? D-E, capital M-O-L-A-Y. DMLA on the boys' side. And then Job's Daughters and Rainbows on the girls' side. It depends on whether you have a relative that is a Mason or a Shriner. If, you're, if you have a relative that's a Mason or a Shriner, then you can be in Job's Daughters. Uh, if you don't have a relative, then it's rainbows. And basically it's because Job's daughter started out as the original with DMLA, right? They wanted to have their And as in Job from the Bible. Yep. Something for their girls to do. Okay. But then they said, well, what if what if you have girls that don't have a relative? Well, so that's when they created what's called Rainbow International. Okay. So they have those three. Um, and then 
Yeah, obviously the Shriners, their big thing is the hospitals. Mm -hmm. Correct. And that's literally their entire purpose is earning money for all of those hospitals Mm -hmm. so that nobody ever pays anything at, uh, for any of those, yeah, for any stay. And that's a huge accomplishment right there. Yeah. It's a huge undertaking. Yes. It's Mm -hmm. massive. Yeah. It's, it was huge. So when I found out about D Malay and that it was associated with the Shriners, it was a no brainer for me to jump in and try to be involved absolutely give back yeah well that's interesting that you bring that up because it even goes back to that whole ripple effect you know you're someone did something good Mm -hmm. for you when you didn't have money for it and then that look at look what you're doing now and you know the steps even along the way but look what you are doing now to give back to people and to help others yeah so uh Demolay is an organization that was started by a gentleman outside of kansas city at the end of world war ii and he noticed that there were a lot of boys that no longer had their fathers and they needed to be taught how to be men. So he got them all together. They all dressed in suits, ties. Jacques Dimelay was the head of um, the Knights Templars in France and fought against the corruption of the king and the pope and was eventually burned at the stake for it. Not the way that everybody now tells stories about the Templars where they're supposed to be evil. They were actually the good guys uh, fighting against the establishment. Anyway, so that's where that's where the name Dimelay comes from, the head of the Templars. Uh, and that organization has grown over time to be an international organization. It's for men, uh, young men between the ages of 14 and 20 uh, that basically want to learn to be uh, men of good standing, hanging out and talking with great people and learning good skills. Back then... You know, I was the head of a local chapter and then we were supposed to be, you know, we would have breakfasts and dinners and yard work and all kinds of things where we would earn money and raise that money and then donate it to uh, the Make-A-Wish Foundation. So that series of speeches that I gave were labeled how to be a gold medal winner. And so gold medal solutions, uh, which I started in 2005 as the first of my companies was same, same principle, right? How to win at turning around your company, how to win at the project. So all of the courses and all of my consulting all had that in mind. We laid it out and said, look, I'm only interested in winning. Let's find out what the definition of winning is for you. And then that was the values piece. And then we lined everything to those values. And then we judged whether or not we won um, and we would, uh, the, the measuring stick was, were we gold medal level? Were we silver? Were we bronze? Did we not finish the race? Very tangible. You know, whatever yes. it is that we're doing. So that was where it all start all started with that. So then once I started acquiring other companies and we decided to start expanding the services piece to make sure that folks weren't, because ha- what we ended up having, what I ended up having as a problem was I would help people get to a certain point, but then because we didn't offer all the services, they needed to go to other places, but I don't have any control over what their alignment mm-hmm, is. So the easiest thing to do was for me to just say, you know what, if we offer everything, then it can be under one umbrella. It can be with one message, can tie it all together. We can make sure that there's a consistency in the methodology. And so that's when we said, okay, these are all part of gold medal brands is now the family. And then regardless of what, and we have names for it. Like one of our companies called planet opportunity. It is look, the entire planet is open for business. And what we want to do is we want to give you everything that you need in order to be able to build a business 
in this planet. So that's that's the company, the part of the companies that does the websites, that does the marketing, that helps them understand how to do Facebook and control uh, their actions on social media, um, all of those kinds of things. Yeah, the DaveMiner.com that brand. So all of the personal development stuff is under Dave Miner. So there's somebody, a person, me, that they can associate with, affiliate with, that they can say, oh, somebody has been through this. That makes you know, a lot of sense. This isn't, yes. this isn't a company. It's not a corporation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This isn't a company that's doing this. This is a person that is trying to share mm-hmm. their experiences with what they've been. It makes it more personal. And it also helps, uh, you know, our, our, my family's charity works. Um, and what we, where we choose to put our time, it's all very similar. Uh, it, it is all aligned with making things easier for families to be families, mm. you know? So, yes. um, whether that's making sure that bills are paid or, uh, you know, uh, doing work that can, uh, allow a mom to be able to not be so exhausted, a single mom, not be so exhausted. So she gets to go spend time with the kids or, babysitting the kids so she can go spend some time by herself, mm-hmm. whatever it is that it happens to be, you know, those kinds of works are the works that I try to instill in my kids for much the same. And for all the people that I can influence for much the same reason. Yes. You know, exactly the same. Uh, we have a, one of our businesses is a travel business and we try to tell them, I tell all of the advisors in that travel business, you know, be involved locally whatever it is that you can do, you know, get involved in local, uh, in local organizations, in local PTAs and whatever it is that you can do, because not only is it good business, you can extend your influence. And if you believe that there's a reason for you to be on the entrepreneurial side, then maybe someone else will as well. And you have no clue when that inspiration, and you may never know, you could inspire 15 people and you don't know any of them are inspired. Number 16 comes and tells you, you know, you don't know. All you can do is be aligned with your purpose and live it and trust that you're making the impact that you want to make. And if you need that particular kind of feedback, do something that'll get you the feedback. Right. I mean, that's pretty simple, right? Right. If you, if you, if that's the kind of feedback that you need, then run one of those events where everybody at the end pats you on the back and says, good job. Congratulations. There's nothing wrong with being the kind of person that needs that right. kind of no, absolutely. social feedback. Absolutely. I don't, you know, uh, but there, I have friends that do, uh, I have relatives that do, that's what they, and they need it. Okay, great. And I try to figure out who those people are and give them that publicly. Mm-hmm. And, and that's great. Recognizing that you're that kind of person early on is a really good thing. Because that obviously is one of your values and it doesn't mean you're arrogant and it doesn't mean you like showing off. It just means that that's part of what feeds you. That's how the you feel appreciated. As, right. The same as there's five love languages. Mm-hmm. You know, there are lots of different mm-hmm. languages that you respond to, that your mm-hmm. subconscious responds to find yours and live it. Very true. So if there was something that you could leave our listeners with something um, like either a a moment in your life that you can use to teach them or something as you've been teaching all these people and coaching over the years that you can find to inspire someone to pursue their own personal growth journey. What would that be? Or two things, what would those be? First, um, it's that they can do it. The things that I went through in my life, you know, physical abuse, sexual abuse, divorces, alcoholism, being cheated on in relationships, family abandoning, 
stuff uh, on the verge of bankruptcy, uh, you know, partners, literally, if there's something that any one of your listeners can say, well, he's never been through that. Chances are really good. I have not. I just know about it. Chances are really good. I experienced it. And I was still able to putting all of the all of these things that we talk about into practical use, been able to survive them, you know, and and eventually get to the point where I could turn around and pass it on. So from that perspective, there's always hope. The second thing, though, that I would say is hope isn't enough. You know, like we were talking about before, having a positive mindset isn't enough. You need to find a practical series of steps that you can take to hold yourself accountable for working towards whatever that dream is. And if you look at it that way, then no dream is too big. Your dream might be wealth someday down the road, but every day you're drinking because you're still damaged. If you can say, well, I can't see myself being wealthy because I can't see myself ever having $10,000 in the bank. Why? Because I drank it all. No, or because I don't, I can't work a second job because I can barely function at the end of my first job. You know, if you can, if you can figure out how to align your values with the end environment that you want to see, then you can build all of the steps along the way to fill in the gaps. And there's, there are plenty of people out there to help, whether they're courses or whether they're friends or whether they're colleagues or, you know, you just have to figure out what you're looking for and then hold yourself to that standard. If the person, if you're, if somebody wants to interact with you and they're not going to help you build to that future, it's okay to leave them to the side. You know, and I think then that's probably the biggest failure that a lot of people make is the inclusion of the wrong people. You need to make sure that the people that are in your life are those that want to help further your purpose. They want to make sure that they're enhancing and amplifying the ripple effect as opposed to casting doubt. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's very powerful. Well, I got your your enthusiasm and your excitement for all of this. Your your, your passion is palpable. Oh, thank it's, you. It's so <laughs> it's so refreshing, you know, to be with people or someone who is just so excited about not only their own growth journey, but helping others seek theirs, and then giving them the tools in their toolkit to be able to navigate and manage. Yeah, yeah. The, I I love that. Actually, the last three years has been tough for me because I much rather would do the personal. Mm-hmm. interactions, you know, being in those companies and being in a room, I'd much rather be in a classroom setting or in a, on a stage than doing Zooms or those kinds of things. I understand that that's kind of the way the world is now, but the I think the personal aspect of being able to feed off of somebody else's genuineness, uh, encouragement and enthusiasm uh, is an amazing thing. And I think, it, you know, it's one of those things where the sum is greater than all of the parts because of the amplification effect that takes place when you're being able to share what it is that's going on. So, and I, and I love it. I, I, I used to, uh, when I was in the corporate world, tell people all the time, look, both parties should be gaining something out of every conversation. And if you're not, then the conversation's not working well. And even the customer service folks would say, well, I'm just taking an order or I'm just, you know, doing a warranty ticket or something like that. Okay, but you can take the opportunity to hear what they say about the product. You can take the opportunity to hear what they say about the service. You can listen to their voice and be able to pick up next time on a sign that they're a little bit more frustrated or 
whatever. And then you can turn around, pass that information along. There's always something that you can get out of a conversation, even though it seems like you're the one doing all the work in a conversation. And if you look at it that way, then that's a good thing. And I, I do that with, I hope all of my classes, I try to do that where I'm learning too, which is why I, I try to make sure that chat's always turned on, that they always know how to get in touch with me, um, you know, through email or through Skype or on my phone. So for our listeners who want to reach out to you, they want to get in touch with you, maybe take a class, sign up for something online. What's the best way for them to contact you? Yeah. Uh, so I can give them three ways. So the best way uh, would be to go to the goldmetalbrands.com website. That's got all of the businesses that are listed, what each of their purposes are. And then if there's an active link to another website, it's on there or it's also got a contact page on there. They also could send me an email directly at dave at daveminer.com and that's M-I-N-E-R. So Dave, D-A-V-E at Dave Miner, M-I-N-E-R.com. You can send an email there directly and they can reach out to on Skype if they want. DS Miner is my handle on Skype. I'm on Facebook, David Miner in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. Or the big thing that they need to keep in mind is if they are on a pathway that will lead them to growth, they need to find somebody. So if I'm the place that they want to start with in order to have a conversation about what the direction is they might need to go, I don't charge people for those conversations. I'm perfectly willing to help them figure out what might be their next step and give them a little bit of resource about where they can go and what they might want to do. That's fantastic. Thank you so much, Dave. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to chat and to talk about everything all at one time. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, full always good, I'm always good talking about myself a little bit and what I'm trying to accomplish. So I appreciate that. Sincere. Thank you. Thank you. This is Conversations to Inspire with your host, Teresa Moore. Join us next week as we explore a different facet of the mind-body-spirit connection. Help promote the show by subscribing and following this podcast and leave a five-star review so we can continue to get incredible guests as we dive further into the mind-body-spirit connection. 